Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, June 10th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen. Excited to be joining you for this two-game NBA DFS slate. Coach is off, as usual, on Thursdays, and he earned it again this week. Yesterday, he was busy giving out baseball winners all day long, including a takedown lineup in the afternoon. So a lot of fun with that and a strong night in basketball, too. Uh, DraftKings, the cash core, and the GPP core hit. Uh, one of our hybrids cashed, and then our FanDuel GPP cashed uh, with a nice high number. So some happy members. Thank you to the new members who've joined this week. Uh, I'd love to have more of you uh, jump in with us today. We're really taking off here in the playoffs, uh, having a lot of fun. And we are going to return to a two-game slate today after that terrific performance by Phoenix. Man, they are looking good. We've got folks in our Discord talking about them really being title contenders now, and and they do look complete offensively and defensively. But there are some teams playing tonight who are going to have something to say about that. Uh, we'll finish with that Western Conference showdown, two really strong teams in Utah or the Clippers, who I think could also make it uh, deep into the playoffs here. But let's not forget about game one in the East, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Many of Many folks have thought that either or both of those teams are strong contenders here to, to win it all in Brooklyn, 2-0 and without Harden, uh, just really playing well. And Milwaukee's in a tough spot. So let's break this game uh, down first, and let's see if we can build some winners on FanDuel and DraftKings. And I do want to look at this slate as a, as a whole. Um, big picture before we break down game one. If you look at the game totals here, 234 for Brooklyn and Milwaukee on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor for today's show. So you like that. That's over that magic number of 230 that we've talked about all season. We've got a close spread with Milwaukee favored by three and a half. You look at game two, Clippers and the Jazz, the total is only 222 and a half. Also a close spread with Utah favored by three at home. So about a 12 point difference between the two. And if you compare the teams from the regular season, we know that the teams in game one are faster. They were 11th and second in pace. Game two, Clippers were 28th, Jazz were 16th. We also know that the defenses have been slightly better in game two. Clippers eighth, Utah third. We know Brooklyn has struggled a bit defensively all season. They finished 19th. They've been decent here in the playoffs, definitely improving and locking in. So, and we know that all all four teams are very good offensively. In fact, they're one, two, three, and six on the season, with Milwaukee being sixth. So, if you look at it on paper, it makes sense that the game one total is about twelve points higher. However, I don't think we necessarily need to load up on that game and ignore game two. I think it's probably better to be a little bit more balanced. And one number I want to look at for this is the three-point shooting. We know that the three-point shot has revolutionized the NBA, uh, major changes here in recent years. And this, these two series are uh, some good numbers here from the beginning to look at. If you look at Brooklyn and Milwaukee, in games one and two, the two teams have combined to attempt 69 three-pointers in each game. In game one of Clippers and Jazz, they took 92 three-pointers. 
So uh, that's a that's a big number. That's 23 more threes. Um, and if you look at the actual point totals from these first three games total, uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, the game one was 222, game two, 211. Game one for the Clippers and the Jazz, 221. So just one point less than Brooklyn, Milwaukee when they had a, a closer game in game one. Uh, here's the other thing. Uh, how important the three-point shot is. Look what it did for Brooklyn in game two. They beat Milwaukee by 39 points. We all know it was a blowout. The Stars weren't playing late. And the three-point shot was the difference. Uh, Milwaukee was 8 for 27. Brooklyn was 21 for 42. So they made 13 more threes. 13 times 3 is 39. So they, they scored 39 more on threes, and they won by 39. Pretty easy math, uh, and no big surprise. If you get hot and drain a bunch of threes, you're likely to win when you've got two uh, competitive teams. And so uh, there, I think there's a lot we can take from that. First of all, it, all, it, it seems and feels like Milwaukee is, is basically done, and they might be down 2-0. It would be a tremendous accomplishment to get back into this series and potentially win it. I mean, we know that Brooklyn doesn't have Harden again or Jeff Green. Milwaukee's still missing Dante DiVincenzo and then uh, end of the bench guys, Nawara and Merrill. Um, but if Milwaukee can just shoot better, uh, that will change everything. And then, uh, again, to overview game two, um, 92 three-pointers. So if those teams make a few more, then that game could be higher scoring than game one. Um, Percentage-wise, uh, Brooklyn has been strong. They started 38% on threes in game one and 50% in game two. That's why they won by so many. Uh, Milwaukee, we know everybody was talking about game one, how they shot six for 30 on threes. They were a tiny bit better in game two, eight for 27, uh, but that's still not even 30%. So bottom line is, I think if Milwaukee shoots the three like we know they're capable of, they can make this a game. Uh, let, let's break down the Brooklyn side as the visitor here and uh, go through the projected starting lineup. It should be Kyrie, Bruce Brown, who stepped up in game two as that starter with Harden out. And we've got Joe Harris, KD, and Blake Griffin. Kyrie has been priced up to almost 10000 You know, he's been playing well, but to, to pay off that number, you're going to need a close game. And you're going to need him to to go kind of wild, like we know that he can do. So he's playable for me, but not my favorite on, on this uh, slate at that price. Bruce Brown, again, he's much cheaper on DraftKings, only 4200 while he's 59 on FanDuel. Uh, I like him quite a bit on DraftKings at 4200 Nice value. Got 26 minutes, filled up the stat sheet. And we saw that he got involved so much in the middle of that zone around the free throw line. Uh, they fed him and he made a few shots in the paint. He can also distribute from there. That's how he got his 13, six and four. We know he's not a good three point shooter, but he has a good overall shooting percentage because he can move so well without the ball, find openings and take advantage of the fact that he's playing with three hall of famers, usually not, not hardened tonight, but uh, they'll find you if you're open for a layup. So, Bruce Brown is in play for me, a little bit pricey on FanDuel, uh, but we'll play with that. 
Joe Harris uh, in the 5K range. I don't like that on this slate. Too scoring dependent for me. KD. Now, 10-6 on DraftKings. Uh, that's a little steep for me there as, as I've been playing with the build. I think he's very reliable in terms of these high-priced guys. I think he's more reliable in this series than Giannis. But that's uh, a tough price to pay on DraftKings, so I'm not sure about that. I do like him more on FanDuel, even though he's 10-7. Um, the pricing just works out a little bit better, and I would like to get one of the studs for Brooklyn in my lineup. And I do like... Uh, KD over Kyrie tonight. Blake Griffin, uh, playable. Uh, game two was, as we predicted, he regressed, but he still hit that 6x number on DraftKings. Price is up a tiny bit, so it'll be a little bit tougher to hit value, but his shots were down in game two. That could get back up in game three. I, bottom line is I, I like him on both sides. He's playable. Not a lock. Uh, on FanDuel, we've got a couple other power forwards in that same price range. In game two with Marcus Morris and Royce O'Neal that you could look at. The bench for Brooklyn. Uh, Mike James, definitely playable again. Solid 24 minutes, 10-3-3. and three. Uh, Cheaper on DraftKings at 38. Uh, 48, still playable for me on FanDuel. Shamit uh, was solid in game two. Um, but I don't, I don't love him on FanDuel here. Really, or or on DraftKings. I mean, he's minimum price there, so he could do it. But on FanDuel, you've got a bunch of shooting guards who are more attractive to me. And Donovan Mitchell, Paul George, Ingles, potentially. Uh, Claxton is, if you want to get a real cheap center on FanDuel, you could go there. He's been stuck right around 14 minutes lately. So I don't think he has a ton of upside. Uh, but you, you could look there. On the Milwaukee side, let's talk about the big three. Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, of course, uh, likely to be accompanied by Tucker and Brooke Lopez in that starting lineup. But how about these shot totals? From the first two games combined, Middleton has attempted 43 shots, Giannis only 39, and Drew Holiday way down at 29. So with Middleton and Drew Holiday at about the same price, I much prefer Middleton. Obviously, Drew Holiday can get more involved and pile up the assists and and get uh, get a few steals. But I'm ready to ride Middleton again. You know, he, he went six for 23 and then seven for 20. So we know he hasn't been shooting well. But maybe with the return home, uh, he'll get back in the groove. And a lot of those shots were just in and out. You know, even those eight, 10 footers in game two that he normally makes he almost looked perplexed just trying to figure out how did that not go in? So I think they'll fall for him. He's a tremendous shooter. Giannis uh, just hasn't really clicked yet in this series. Brooklyn's done a, a good job making things difficult for him. He's two for 10 at the free throw line. Um, so you don't like that. That really takes away a little bit from, from that ceiling and uh, certainly doesn't help his confidence. So I just am not looking to pay over 11000 for him. Drew Holiday um, probably won't make either uh, the, the cash lineup or the GPP lineup for me. He could turn it around, absolutely. But I just don't like that he's really that third option offensively uh, with that price on this slate. Uh, Tucker, 
Um, didn't do much in game two. Didn't take many shots. Didn't play many minutes. All these guys had their minutes down a little bit because of the blowout. So not my favorite value play. Brooke Lopez, uh, you could look there. His, he's a little pricey on FanDuel at 6000 But, man, center center position is tough. you got to pay up for Gobert, or then you look at Lopez um, or Zubats, who we'll get to. Other than that, it's the backups, the, the, the punt cheap backups. Uh, with the Milwaukee bench, Forbes is getting the most minutes, most shots. He's a he's a decent price. Um, Connaughton has has underwhelmed here, just not being his aggressive self, getting involved in everything. Only took one shot in 14 minutes last game, so he's not my favorite choice. Portis didn't do too much, and he, I think he's a little expensive on Fanduel at 47. I'd much rather pay for Batum at 5,000. And Teague isn't getting many minutes. So not too interested in the Milwaukee bench. But I, I do want to get uh, a couple key guys from this game. So right now, KD is my favorite pay-up guy for Brooklyn. Middleton, my favorite pay-up guy for Milwaukee. All right, before we get to game two, just want to inv- invite folks to join us as a member at DFSCoachTalk.com. We'd love to have you jump in today. Uh, if you could jump in before six o'clock and then we'll get you into our discord and uh, we distribute those lineups about 20 minutes before tip off the full cash lineup and GPP lineup on FanDuel full Yahoo lineup cash core on DraftKings GPP core on DraftKings. And then with any membership you get, you get access to all of our sports. So we've got golf going now. We'll have uh, the weekend lineups tomorrow. We've got baseball going every day, sometimes two slates like today. So jump in with us for the evening slate tonight. Uh, DFSCoachTalk.com is the website. That's where you sign up, and we'd love to have you. All right, game two, Clippers and the Jazz. So let's start with the injury news here. We know that Ibaka is still out for the Clippers, and Mike Conley, questionable for the Jazz. Biggest uh, X factor on this slate. Does he go? And if so, what are we looking at for minutes? If he sits, then you got to look at Donovan Mitchell again. Uh, Joe Ingles gets a huge bump. And uh, Jordan Clarkson, of course, as well. Now, I think the way to approach this on DraftKings is you need to make two lineups. So, I'm I'm going to build my first lineup uh, anticipating that Conley is out. So you build the first lineup, and with as many guys as you can from game two, you put those in the guard, forward, and utility spots on DraftKings. So you make sure you get them at the bottom of your lineup, and so then if there is a change and Conley is going to play, you can make those pivots down there and not be as restricted. And have that plan in mind. So you make your lineup without Conley playing, and then you anticipate, all right, if he is play, if he is going to play, and we don't get that news until the middle of the slate, then you already know what your pivot is going to be. Uh, I've built my two lineups like that, and I'm ready to go. Um, all right, so let's start with the Clippers side here. And I don't think there's a ton of difference on that side if Conley's going to play. We know that he's strong defensively, so he could take away a little bit from those point guards. 
you may have less interest in a guy like Reggie Jackson if Conley's going to play. Um, but putting that issue aside, Reggie Jackson, let's start with him. He had a disappointing first game, didn't he, with those six fouls in only 17 minutes? It's like every time he turned around, he was getting called for another foul. So Rondo ended up playing 28 minutes and doing well, 5-5-6. Five, five, and six. He's pretty cheap, especially on DraftKings. So you could look at Rondo. I think the minutes will balance out a little bit more here, assuming Reggie Jackson doesn't foul out again, which fouling out in 17 minutes is probably uh, – he's probably never done that in his career. So Reggie Jackson is playable for me. Uh, you look at Paul George and Kawhi. Both were a little disappointing. Uh, Paul George has just really struggled in Utah, hasn't he? Uh, going back to his OKC days, four for 17, taking a lot of heat because he didn't take that last shot late um he did finish 20 and 10 but uh he's just not quite at the top of his game and certainly playing second fiddle to Kawhi right now um Kawhi very expensive on both sites uh 9600 on DraftKings you get a thousand dollar discount off of Durant so I think that's the key decision to make which guy do you want to pay up for uh, Marcus Morris, I, I like the spot that he's in, 33 minutes, got up 14 shots, uh, good price on both sides. So Morris is a, a strong contender to be out there for me. Batum started uh, really at that center spot in game one, and it shook a lot of people. They were scared to play Zubats. We stuck with him, uh, and uh, he was the key to our uh, FanDuel GPP. Batum only played 21 minutes. Uh, so they they turned quickly to Zubats. We know that Cousins even got in there for a few minutes. And the idea, to me, it looked like they're just trying to stay fresh and uh, get somebody out there against Gobert who can give full energy and try to deal with him. And they did a pretty good job frustrating Gobert. He was only 10, 10 points, 12 rebounds in 33 minutes. And never looked that comfortable. Um, so... Uh, I would think it would be something similar. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Batum played a few more minutes, but I'd like Zubats to play at least 20 minutes again. And on both sites, I really like his price. 3600 on DraftKings, I think, is way too cheap. 5000 on FanDuel, I think, is still solid. So uh, I like Zubats here. Rondo, I've touched on. Luke Kennard had a real strong game one, didn't he? But very scoring-dependent. And I think he got those big minutes because he came out hot and aggressive and scoring it. Uh, so I don't plan to go back there. Terrence Mann only got eight minutes, uh, pretty risky. Uh, so really, to me, it's do we pay for Kawhi? Uh, does the build uh, lead us towards playing Reggie Jackson? Uh, Marcus Morris, likely value play. And then Zubat's likely value play. All right, on that Utah side. Again, we just got to build there our two lineups with Conley in or out and be ready to pivot on both sites. Um, if he sits, so in the first lineup I'm building, I definitely want Donovan Mitchell. Man, was he awesome. 45 points to get that series started. 16 of 30 from the field. He took 15 threes, taking and making deep threes with confidence. And then he plays in the pick and roll, and he split it so many times, so deftly just aggressively getting to the rack. 
Uh, and no big surprise with Dwayne Wade there on the sidelines. Minority owner, certainly a strong influence for him. And uh, man, Mitchell just put that team on his back and was awesome. So uh, I'm willing to pay for him again. Uh, I, I do prefer him. He's only a few hundred more than Paul George on both sides. So I'm ready to roll it out there with him again. Uh, Joe Ingles, if he starts, I, I like his price also on both sides. I mean, we saw that he was really the, the point guard, uh, other than if he, if he handed it off to Mitchell and let Mitchell do his thing. He's running that offense 32 minutes, got up 12 shots, including eight threes. He only went one for eight, but he's a terrific three-point shooter. So I think he'll shoot a little bit better. Bogdanovich kind of gets lost in the shuffle for me on this slate. Royce O'Neal, definitely playable. I like his big minutes. Uh, solid contribution, double-digit rebounds again. Gobert, a uh, little bit pricey. I think you can play him. I do think he'll play better. Uh, it's just, just a matter of do you have enough salary there? Because we know that Zubats can have some very similar production to him uh, at a much cheaper price. And then with that Utah bench, Clarkson definitely in play for me. If Conley's out, he got up 14 threes, made six of them. Uh, Niang favors punt plays that, you know, they're not getting huge minutes or huge usage. So not my favorite plays. And then Oni got eight minutes, but I think he'll. Uh, you know, I don't even know if he'll play if, if Conley does, and I don't want to invest in him for those eight to 10 minutes. So that is the overall breakdown. I hope that helped you get ready for this two game slate. We'll have all those lineups as I described, maybe even throw in a bonus showdown lineup for game two. We'll see how that goes. Um, and, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, great matchups, pivotal games here. Does Milwaukee show up and make this a series? That's going to be the key to the night. Um, and I, I, I think they will. I just can't imagine that they follow up that dud in game two with uh, another bad game. I mean, their energy was really low. They looked slow out there. So I think they'll, they'll take to the home crowd and uh, you know show, show more of what Milwaukee's capable of. And I think there's a really good chance these are both close games. So it's going to be a competitive slate. Uh, jo join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. As I mentioned, on Twitter, you can find us at DFSCoachTalk. You can find me at Language Olympic. The coach is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And then uh, if you could, subscribe to the YouTube, uh, YouTube channel. We'd love to see that. Uh, very appreciative of all the support. Uh, that, that way you know when our podcast will post. As you know, uh, we are going to continue seven days a week with these playoff uh, podcasts. We've done it all throughout the regular season, and we're certainly not going to stop now having a lot of fun with these playoffs. So appreciate all your support. Thank you for tuning in. On behalf of the entire DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.